Get Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Casamas and John Scheimer. Hey, there he is. It's all right. There we go. There he is. God, I feel like I'm being fucking interrogated now. You should be. You should feel like that. So what's new, man? It's great to see both of you guys. Yeah, likewise, bro. bro. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. It's been, what? It's been years. It's been years. It's been years. I was, uh, I mean, like, uh, I was thinking of our, our old minivan trip that one day. Remember that? Yeah, that kid's van. Yeah, that kid's van. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking about that today. I was like, bro, that has been like 20 years. It has literally been, it's 20, been 20 years since like that happened. I was like, holy shit, we are old. I remember that kid, his name was Sean. We used to steal that his mom's van. Right, Sean. <laughs> Dude, okay, so so like it was this kid, there was this kid, Sean, and fish. And their friend Johnny, uh, which do you, do you see Johnny? Is he out there where you are? No, he's up, he Johnny's up north now. He's been up north doing his thing up there. Okay, now. he's up in the Emerald Triangle doing his, okay. his big doing, shit. Up there. Doing his doing his thing. Nice, yep. nice. But yeah, but there was this, and there was this kid Sean, and he had a Dodge like a '90s Dodge Caravan. Gold, and, and they would uh, they would convince him to steal it like yeah. all the time. <laughs> and like, I mean, we were shitty punk kids, like easily. The epitome, the epitome of shitty the epitome punk of kids. shitty yeah. punk kids. And like, dude, I just remember there was this one time we uh, we took we took a bunch of acid. And we drove yeah. around in this fucking thing. And this kid, this kid, we we put the kid in the back seat of the car. <laughs> in his own car? In his own car. Oh yeah, we drove it. He never Yeah, drove. we he drove it. Drove. We drove it. We <laughs> drove around town. We drove around town all night long. And like we would be like jump, we would take it out like four-wheeling. We'd go jumping it and stuff like that. And the whole time we would, I remember I was sitting in the back seat. I was actually sitting in the back seat next to him. Cause I think I was the only, I think I was the only person over 18 or something like that. <laughs> I think I was the only person over 18. And I was like, I was like, uh, I remember I put my ID, I, I left my ID wherever we wherever we were. And I, the whole night I was like, my name is like, my name is Carlos. If anyone asks me, my name is Carlos. If we get pulled over, my name is Carlos. <laughs> but, like, we were just, like, taking this thing. And, like, I kind of felt bad, like, kind of, is a loose term. But, like, we would, like, mess up this thing. And we would all be cracking up. And I would look over at this kid because I'd be like, holy shit. Like, we're straight, like, fucking up this dude's mom's fucking car. Tearing it up, he, dude. He would be, like, trying to laugh. He would try to laugh it off. And he was not. There's always happy. those kids that just get straight up steamrolled, dude. You know what oh, I mean? Dude. Like it's just like a fucking yeah. human steamroller, <laughs> like a human oh, pancake. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad to this day about that kid. And when 
that time he's talking about when he wheeled that when he wheeled that thing back to the house and had a busted oil pan. Yeah. From, from jumping it in the desert. <laughs> Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, there was this like like later in the morning, like it was like seven, eight in the morning. I remember I was sitting in the living room of the house we were at, and this is how long ago though. I think they went to go to McDonald's. I think they went to McDonald's or like donuts or something like that. And Fish and a couple of the guys go, and I just remember sitting in the living room, probably still tripping balls. And all of a sudden, I, like, hear the car. I just hear, like, <laughs> and, like, I open up the curtain. I open up the curtain, and I look outside, and I don't see anything. And then I just see the fucking van, like, pull up, like, slam on the brakes right in front of the house. Slam on the brakes right in front of the house. And then, like, do this, like, slow turn into the driveway. And the driveway had, like, you know, it's, like, it goes up, then it has the sidewalk, and then it goes up the driveway. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, like, turned straight, and my car was in the drive. My old Tercel. My old Tercel was in the driveway. Yeah. And I remember this because, like, he went to go pull into park and just floored it. And I think this when the oil pan broke. <laughs> fucking bottomed out. <laughs> bottomed out on the fucking sidewalk and the car caught complete air and i remember just seeing it like start to angle towards my car and i'm like oh shit and then they stopped and didn't hit the house or the car and that was like eight in the but morning it was pouring oil. but it was pouring oil dude so with that i would like to introduce our yeah 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 so with that i would like to introduce our guest of the week one of my oldest friends, Craig's cousin. Yep. Mr. Adam Lloyd. Yeah, well, Adam Lloyd, Fish, aka Fish. How do you do? So here's the weird part. Here's the weird part about this is that me and Shimer did not know each other at all yeah. from the desert. You know what I mean? Like I moved out of the desert when I was much younger. I've known you my whole entire life. Well, I've known you your whole entire life, right? So we grew up together. Yeah. yeah. Our moms are best fucking friends. We call each other cousins. You are as close to blood to me as anyone's going to get. Um, and, and we should get into some of the mom stories later, honestly, because <laughs> it's endless <laughs> chaos. But I, you know, so I have, you know, I meet Shimer many years later down the road and we become friends. And I go, dude, do you know my, like my cousin Adam is like in Tapunk and he's always been like a part of the scene. Do you know him? And he's all, is your cousin's name Fish? And I'm all, yeah, actually, it's what people call me. He goes, holy shit, dude. And it's like, all of a sudden, the triangle's complete. You know what I mean? And it's just so ridiculous yeah, that it's happened like that. But we have literally, I've known you since you were born. My parents and my mom and your mom have been friends since they were 15 years old. They grew up together. They fucking yep. raised hell together. They beat our asses together. They've they left us for... They've left us for hours on our own <laughs> while they were at the bar. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? There's so much of that shit, dude. <laughs> anyway, it's such a trip that it's the triangle is complete at this point. You know? Yeah. It is a small world, man. Right. It is a small, small world. So what's up, dog? How's uh, how's life treating you? How are things? Hey man, life is it's you know life right now is really really good things are things are really going great for me man i i really have a lot to be grateful for these days and uh you know it's just we just bought this new place out in the middle of nowhere with with shitty internet 
but yeah. it's a it's, it's a pretty decent spread and you know i'm just i'm doing my best to try to pretend to be an adult man and not and you know just keep my kids alive and that's that's about that's about where i'm at man just working and surviving dude it is it is hard to try to be an adult because like you know, when we were younger, like we were never supposed to be the people that we are. Like, no. never planned yeah, this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't uh, planning on being alive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You exactly. Certainly acted as such. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I remember at one point I was like, mm. you know, I, there's a lot of people that are like, I didn't expect to live till I was thirty. You know what I mean? And there were you were like one of the kids where I was like, man, I don't want to fucking see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to see that. But it was going, you know, it felt like at times it was going that way, man. And for you to be able yeah. to pull it together like you have, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I mean, fuck, man. You know, tell us about some of your journey, you know, to where you are. Well, you know, being, um, it's weird, the conundrum of going from that type of life to, you know, actually like pulling my shit together. And, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. Cause now I have so much to live for that. I'm like, definitely afraid of dying. <laughs> and, right. and, and, you know, back in the day, it's like, it was kind of a free feeling of not caring if you lived or died, you know, cause it was just, you know, we're just having a good time, but now I have so much to, you know, you know, you guys know how it is with when you have kids, you know, and you and you're conscious about it, and you're just fucking, you know, you just, you know, it's just it's just kind of a trip, man, to to just have so much to live for, and and I just I lay I lay in bed at night and I just think about mortality all the time and how how I only have like you know another good thirty years and then this fucking trip's over and then and then you know twenty years after that my kids are gonna die and all this fucking weird shit, man, but. Right. You know, my, my, my trip started, you know, um, around like not, you know, the early nineties, 93, 94, and, you know, Craig, I know that you, you were already out in Ventura uh -huh. and, you know, I was, I was a young kid and I was getting into like certain kinds of music and you, you were a few years older. So you were already doing the punk thing. And uh -huh. I used to really look up to that, but I'd only see you on visits in Ventura and I'd get, you know, tastes of what was going on out there. And then I remember uh, coming out there and you were into all like the, you were, you were just into all the cool shit, man. And um, <clears throat> I would come out there and I'd go to warehouse music and try to buy all the punkest cassettes that I could find. So that yep. way, when I got there, I could impress you, you know, with these, with these tapes. <laughs> And, yeah. I and i remember i showed up with like an offspring tape or something thinking that it was like the the new shit and and uh you really probably should have made fun of me but you were so you were so uh welcoming that you you treated me like i was just the coolest still man and, <laughs> yeah you know, that was in know, the height of the uh poser punks and the whole deal you know what i mean and I remember yeah. being so stoked, like, when you you actually moved to Ventura, well, to Oxnard, to the Shores, right? Where did you live in Shores? The Shores for a little bit? Yeah, I moved to, right? that's when I, I moved to, a couple, like, a year or two after that, I moved to Oxnard Shores. Right. And then that, that's kind of where my journey began, you know, my, um, my mom was doing her, you know, obviously, 
you know, they were wild. She was doing her running around partying thing and Man. doing her best as a single mom to, to raise a young bastard like me. And then uh, she actually got together with um, Scott Patterson for a little stint there for a little while when we lived in Oxnard, the, yep. lead, the singer for Fed Up, who's still yep. a really great friend of mine today. He's one of the only people that I really am in contact with constantly. We're still Scott hanging out is, all the time. Uh... Scott's a person that I sit, that I, that I talk to. I talk to too. I, I mean, when, when life was normal, I would see him out and about more than anybody else in the AV. Right. Yeah. 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 I remember like, dude, when you guys moved, when you guys moved to the shores, it was like, I had my little friends that were like, you know, I was involved in the, the HG days and the Christian shit, but like you are my blood and we were able to just be completely ourselves in front of each other. You know what I mean? So I would come out there and I remember I smoked pot totally, with dude. you. I think you were fucking like 13 and I was maybe 14. And we remember we smoked, stole a bunch of your mom's weed and smoked a shitload of pot and listened to like punk and drublick <laughs> like a thousand times, yeah. you know what I mean? And laughed hysterically, yeah. you know what I mean? Like those days were so fucking like so awesome to me, you know what I mean? Because I could do my sneaky little shit, like normal teenage shit with you. Yeah. And then, you know, do the fucking church thing, you know, on the side. You know what I mean? It was awesome. And I, and I, and I remember doing, I remember even a, a couple years before that, you coming out to Lancaster and it was the church thing was going on. And you, and I remember you took me to see this band and uh, it was kind of like, even though it was a Christian deal, it was really my first like visual of like punk rock in my right. whole life. And, and I remember the band's name was Officer Negative. Right. Yeah. And you took me, they played, they played at some church in Lancaster and the singer had a mohawk mm. and the side of his head, he had a, you know, a, a, the swastika with the fucking red line going through it. Right. And I remember thinking this dude's the coolest motherfucker yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And from there, I just kind of pursued it. But then, you know, a few years later, I ended up in Oxnard and my mom was with Scott who was in fed up at the time. And then my cousin Steve Canelican came and moved in with us with Eric Armena. Yep. And him and Scott and and Eric, they all got together and shaved my head into a mohawk, gave me my first punk CD, yep. threw all my silver chair CDs away. <laughs> yeah. And all that shit. And then they took me. I remember they took me to my first show. It was '95, I believe. We went to, they brought me out from Ventura to Hesperia. It was like my, like my first real show experience. And we seen a drunken mishap. We out smack and subjective, right. At this little club out in, it was in Hesperia. And uh, that was like, kind of like my first, that was when I first met Joe Armena. And um, that was kind of like my first get down, you know, and, and I really liked it because being a young alcoholic, I could hang out with these people and they, and they would let me drink and, you know, smoke cigarettes and smoke weed, you know, even though I was only, you know, 11 or 12 at the time or whatever, but as long as, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. as long as I was with them and safe, my mom was okay with it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of was the beginning of my journey. And I remember, I remember being in the, in the, the backseat of this car with, uh, with this dude named, uh, his name was Willie. 
and he he's in prison now for life but they were all fucking doing crank in the car and i was like this little kid and it was like my first time ever seeing like people getting loaded like that and they're passing the little tray around with the rails on it and he was like you know they wouldn't let me have any you know even though i kind of I kind of wanted to see what that was on. It's nice. It's nice that they had some sort of ethics and morals. Right? Yeah, they're kind of little, they're <laughs> Don't give it to the twelve-year-old, dude. Yeah, it was a little bit. I mean, do it in front of him. Do it in front of him. That's fine. Don't give it to him, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, talking a about the there, man. And then, uh, yeah. And then that night, Joe. I met Joe Armena, and he kind of roughed me up. And they all really liked me. I had the the big mohawk and he, you know, slammed me around the parking lot and they jumped me into their little fucking, you know, skate punk gang. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my uh, extended family, you know, for, 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 for years and years. And even, even still to this day, you know, um, I still know a lot of them, but I think a lot of that for me was, you know, growing up um, with a single mom, you know, all those, all those cats were way older than me. So looking back on it in, in retrospect, you know, I was really looking at all those guys as like big brother, father figure types. So there was a safety involved with being with those dudes, you know? Yeah. And, um, Dude, we so were fucking, we were remember. lost kids, man, back in the day. You know what we I mean? Were, we man. were lost little children, man. I mean, not that it's, you know, fucking it has to define your whole life, but me and you, man, like me and like with our moms and what they're doing is and obviously they were good moms. They were trying their fucking best. You know, oh, my totally. mom was insanely overwhelmed. Your mom was fucking overwhelmed, somehow holding down an actual career at the point. You know what I mean? But like we were oh, fucking man. lost little kids, dude, just looking for anything that for <laughs> like sure. was wasn't a fucking chaos. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And they always did the best that they could, and they did it, and they did a great job while trying to still live their lives too. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I never, I we never really did them any favors with the way that we definitely you know, not. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're nope. acting, you know. Like, yep. You know, it's a trip, how you know, just how lucky to be alive we are with, with all the wild shit that happened, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, so after that show, that was pretty much like my, that was my thing from then on out. And then it was, for me, it was all about, you know, peace punk, get drunk, spike your hair, go out, hang out, do you really care, man? And yep. that's what my whole life was about was getting fucked up and doing fucked up shit, skateboarding and, mm-hmm. and then, uh, that that's, time, where that's where the name Fish came from was skating at Buena Vista High School with a bunch of randos. And one of them just, I had my mohawk up and one of them was like, that fucking little kid looks like a fish. And uh, it stuck, man. And I'm, you know, about to be 37 years old and my nephew calls me Uncle Fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, still, I still feel weird. It's still weird to me to call you Adam. Right. Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, but I, I might be one friend. of the only ones that knows you as Adam. You know what I mean? Yeah, my my friend Bobby Allman was here just the other day, and he's known me, you know, since I was that little kid. He might have even been at that show. And when I friended him on Facebook just like four or five years ago, he's like, "Who the fuck is Adam Lloyd?" He was telling <laughs> me just, just yesterday, man. So yeah. That was a trip, dude. I mean, our fucking, you know, when I think about some of the stories with our moms that our moms tell, and especially your mom, like my mom was fucking mean, you know, but your mom had that next level Italian psychotic fucking thing about her, dude. 
It was and so insane. She, she forgets it all too. Oh the yeah. All the shit she does, she doesn't remember. Oh yeah. Big but I've been, over the head, I've been hit over the head with chairs from bouncing off the table for straight Fs in middle school. And yep. you know, I've had the I've had the alarm clock hit me in the head and fly swat. I remember getting whipped with a fly swatter at your yep. house by Stan. Right. Remember Stan? When they would leave and Stan. Stan, you don't remember Stan? Fuck, man, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. He used to babysit us, bro. And he would whip our asses with the fly swatter turned around backwards. Yeah, okay. I remember getting my ass beat. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that fucking... Who was that fucking weirdo? Stan, dude. Stan Hill. He's cool. My mom still talks to him. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't... Dude, I, I do remember getting hit with the backside of a fly swatter and thought, this is weird. This is yeah, a next, this, is, this is another level, dude. It's, <laughs> like, right. it's the white person switch, right? Yeah, dude. I yeah. mean, <laughs> oh, dude, between between his mom, I the mean, just the insanity of verbal abuse that would come out of his mom's fucking mouth to us you know, when we were oh, fucking yeah. up and being little kids, dude. And then, um, like, my mom's ability to chuck, you know, we didn't know what chocolates were back in the day, you know what I mean? Chocolates, like, throwing fucking shoes. Yeah. But my mom was a fucking assassin with that shit, dude. She'd hit you from around the corner. You didn't know what happened, you know what I mean? And she was real sneaky. Your mom, at least you knew it was coming. My mom would fucking get yeah. you when you weren't looking, dude. Yeah, you know what's coming. And that's always been a that's always been your mom's accuracy has always been something that I'm envious of. And my yeah. mom's ability to just as a father literally chop you down with words. She will, <laughs> yeah, she will chop you down with words like no like no one's ever has before. Yeah. And leave you in a puddle of tears, man. Yeah. No, I've yeah. I've been on job sites where guys are telling me I'm a piece of shit and you know, just like, you know how to, like you do surveying, you're in construction, yeah. you see what it is. And I've had guys talk to me. I'm like, you sound like my aunt. <laughs> and like, what else do you have, dude? Like, cause it's yeah, not, you're not even okay. registering like on the fucking Richter yeah. scale of the crazy the, shit. My aunt Lisa yeah. said to me, <laughs> you're one peg below a little Italian lady, bro. You need to step it up. Yeah. <laughs> I think your aunt threatened to fucking, um, like she threatened to kill me once and then also when I died run me over. Like the best for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God bless her. Fuck man. We I mean we used to just raise so much hell for those people, man. Yeah. I mean, She's really the, great. the 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 late nineties in uh the A V was a was a fun time though for the punk rock scene. What did you it say? Was. Adam. It was. It was definitely wild. And uh there was a there was a lot of I mean there was a lot of great bands, a lot of great shows. There was a lot of there was still that tail end of that fusion of you know a lot of boneheads were getting ran out and a lot yeah. of boneheads were running the punks out of certain shows. So there was still like this weird meld of you know these Nazi punks and shit that you know that we were just like what the fuck is this that you know shit that wouldn't fly these days you know but uh right definitely a wild time man and uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of crazy a lot of crazy violence back then and uh, a lot of crazy violence a lot of good a lot of good shows but like fucking dude like the violence that would come out of, that came out of that time was uh was impressive yeah it was it, it was, was 
I'm, it was, I love that we don't get to be like old people watching young kids do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's, it'll never happen like that again. It doesn't happen anymore. And I'm just well, like, maybe after the election it might, but that's yeah. about it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But every like I at being like originally from that area, I knew that it was chaos. And with like the wrath and all my bands started playing out there, obviously thanks to John. You know, I, I, I would tell the guys, like, get ready, dude. This is going to be the most wild fucking night of your life. And every single time we played, it was insane. You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. were getting their heads cracked open, and there's a riot, and there's fucking people pulling guns, and there's fucking... That was at the same you know time. I mean? yeah. That was, was all... All three time. of those things were at one show, by the way. You know yeah, what I mean? All, it's like yeah. people were pulling guns yeah, in backyards, yeah. and, you know, it was fucking nuts yeah. over there. It's like literally the Wild West. Like, I remember when when I had moved back, I went and watched I Hate God play there. Um, and, I, you know, this is like not that long, five years ago or whatever, when they were kind of making their comeback. <clears throat> and they said, let's get weird. And Lancaster stood up and fucking saluted, dude. Like, within five <laughs> minutes, there was dudes naked. And yeah. there was fucking people. Yeah. Like, and I think even for I Hate God, they were like, <laughs> I saw wow. Wow. I saw I Hate God the next day. I wasn't at that show, but I saw I Hate God. I booked that show, but I wasn't at it. And I saw right. them the next day in San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? They're like, bro. <laughs> bro, let me tell you. And this is like fucking straight up like ex-junkies from New Orleans. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like ex-junkies from New Orleans are like fucking like, bro, Lancaster, dog. Lancaster. Yeah, man. I'm like, Shit got I'm... weird. Like within ten minutes, dude. I was like, "This yeah. is." I'm. I'm so proud. I've never been more proud in my life <laughs> to have some stake in this desert. You know? One of my yeah. favorite things of having a band in Lancaster was. Uh, it was. Uh, we did this rapper Andre Nicotina. We did him at the Moose, at the Moose Lodge one night, and like the show tanked. Whatever. It was an experiment to see if it would happen. Show tank. Whatever. I'm paying the fucking manager at the end of the night. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. We tried. Like, you know, we got to see if he can do it, you know? And he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, dog. He's like, he's like, Lancaster. <laughs> he's like, he's like, this is like a poor man's Bakersfield, huh? Like, Damn, player. Yeah, even Bakersfield's like, got one. We used to always be like, man, at least we're not Bakersfield. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when like in the in the late, you know, the uh two thousand early two thousands, Lancaster was going off, dude. You know oh, what I mean? God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. when you guys were there before you moved John out to Ventura, yeah, you know what 90s, I mean? Lancaster, it's not what it used to be, you know what I mean? I mean, dude, we were fighting, we would like physically fight cops like yeah. it was fucking gnarly back then yeah. like it they was. would know all the cops would know all of us by name just from shows just yeah. from parties and shows and like shit getting so chaotic so it was a good time so i I, I know that, like, Adam, you spent years fucking, I mean, there, there was years where we were so worried about you. How did you, like, get out of that, dude? Like, how did you eventually do it? You know what I mean? I know Nance, obviously, Nancy, you can uh, attribute to a lot of it, probably, but, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, you were at points where I, I was like, dude, I was so fucking worried about you, man. Yeah. You know I, mean? well, I probably never did a great job reaching out or 
you know, but uh, literally no one could get a hold of you uh, anyway. <laughs> no, one, yeah, no, one could, no one could save me but myself, you know. And right. Literally yeah. all these all these fun times we're talking about, I spent all that time just sneaking around trying to stay as loaded as I possibly could on whatever right. I could. I was like a human garbage disposal of, of, you know, anything that I could take. And it just, you know, I don't know what it was that, you know, you know, I just, you know, I just kind of got sick and tired of, you know, just, you know, ever since I was 12 years old, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't, that I didn't have like a mind or mood altering substance in my body, you know? And so that was the only way that I knew how to live, you know, from the time, from a very tender age. We would make homebrew all the time back in the day. Remember the old homebrew? Oh, yeah, dude. Homebrew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything I could do. Anything I could do, man. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I just got to a point, you know, after, you know, I, I then, you know, I I would go on tangents to where I would, you know, I'd, I'd fuck around with the, with the, with the crank for a while. And then, you know, I'd get, you know, I'd be fucking staring at myself in the mirror and, you know, I'd, I'd look like a fucking, like I just crawled out from skid row and I'm looking at myself like I, I fucking look great. You know, I don't know what everyone's fucking talking about. I look like then, a human golem, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I did this cycle of, you know, doing that until, you know, shit would fall apart. And then, and then I'd lay off that and just drink really heavy. And then, and then the drinking would kind of, you know, take its toll. And then maybe I would just smoke some weed for a while, which is, which is totally fine, you know? And I, you know, I wish that I could still just do that, but, um, you know, and I would just, and then I'd fat my, I would just find out that I'm just putting myself in these cycles just to like fat myself up for another run, you know? Uh-huh. And I, you know, I did that for a long time. And then once I finally, you know, I found Nancy and I got married and then I got comfortable, you know, she owned a home and, uh, and, and all that stuff. So I got comfortable and I was playing house and then I got really, really far out there again, you know, and after my, my, um, you know, she had a son already named Jaden who I was doing my best to help raise. He's, we have very similar backgrounds as far as, as far as our, our dads are concerned. And, um, and we have a really good relationship now, but, um, once I got comfortable with that and the Jax was born, I was off on this whole other run. And then, you know, I kept that up for a couple of years and um, actually before all that, you know, I did some time in the slammer Well, it was my last run and then got fat in the slammer and then came out, got married and then um, was on another run again. And then, and then um, she finally just, you know, had enough after a few years and she gave me the gift of desperation and, and just, you know, told me, you know, something's got to change with you because, you know, I was really, I was really doing a lot of weird shit, you know, we get weird in the AV, like we were, like we talk about, you know, I was yeah. doing yeah. a lot of, yeah. you know, I was doing a lot of, doing a lot of stuff with firearms and carrying guns around. And, you know, I was doing a lot of just criminal shit. And, um, you know, that's not the fam, you know, that's not my role as a family man, you know, and, uh, she gave me the gift of desperation. was like, check it out, dude. Uh, tomorrow you're going to rehab or you're leaving this house. And, you know, I fought it tooth and nail and she said, you know, I got, I got, you know, she's well connected. She's, she's an older punk. She's, she's the OG punker from out here. Yeah. Nancy Nancy's is, you know no I mean? bullshit, she, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She, she was around this town, yeah. you know, 10 years before me. She's, she's a few years older than me. Um, right. She was the little fish in the, in the 1980s out here. And, um, 
So she had some guys come into the house that were going to remove me if I, if I didn't want to leave, you know? So I barricaded myself in the garage and, you know, got my gun ready and whoever comes through the door is, you know, they're getting in. And then, and then the first person that came through the door was her. And, and, you know, we kind of had this moment and then <laughs> I agreed, you know, I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give this thing a shot, you know, to save my marriage. So, um, a close friend of ours, uh, Aaron, my friend Aaron, he runs the Lost Angels Children's Project out here. He's a great guy. One of the best guys I've ever known. He showed up the following night and or the next morning, I should say at three in the morning and picked me up and uh, took me to the Claire Foundation, the treatment facility in Santa Monica. And I was deathly afraid of, you know, the, the speed and everything I could give up, but I was so afraid to give up drinking. And then after that, I was, you know, I was trying to sneak these, you know, I had these caps of wax that I was trying to sneak in and I, I couldn't sneak them in. So I went cold turkey and kicked the crank. And um, I realized after a few days in there that, uh, you know, I could do it without all that. And then, you know, uh, it was just, it was just kind of a weird thing. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people put up a lot of money to get me in there. And, and I, I just started to realize that a lot of people were, you know, I really did have a problem as much as I didn't want to admit it. There was enough people around me telling me, you know, you got a fucking problem. Right. And uh, so I gave it a chance, you know, and then I did. I was supposed to be in there for 30 days. I know I'm rambling on, you know. No, but, I want, that's exactly what we want to hear. Yeah. Okay. Please. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be in there for 30 days and, and, you know, I plugged right into whatever program they were kind of selling, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a, old punker so i'm atheist agnostic so they're trying to sell me god and shit and and i ain't fucking buying it but but i'm just gonna i'm gonna roll with it dude i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to figure out this kind of this sober way of living you know and um just for my family you know mm -hmm. and they say you got to get sober for yourself but for me i got sober for my family you know and um and so i i did that i plugged right in and and uh, i made some friends in there and you know i after 14 days, I started running like these, all these people started coming in, you know, it's down in Santa Monica. So a lot of like prison guys would come in and, and then I started running around with them a little bit. And then we were running like these little scams on people and, and it, and it kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. Like everything that I'm supposed to be learning in there, I'm just like using, just doing this old behavior, but, but just, you know, a couple weeks sober now. So I was supposed to do 30 days after the 14th day. I'm looking off my rack at this fucking bonehead. He's like doing burpees next to me and sweating. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking out of here, dude. So I packed up all my shit in the middle of the night and I fucking AWOL from rehab after, you know, only finishing half of the program. And I walked out down to the Santa Monica pier and, uh, you know, I had a bag full of clothes. That's all I had. And I went to a pay phone. I called my wife and she wasn't happy that I, that I AWOL, obviously. Obviously. And, um, yeah, cause she's thinking I'm going to go right back, but I, I made a, I made a promise to myself that if I left that night, I'd give this thing a chance, you know? And, uh, so I called her and I said, you know, I'm going to stay down here for the night. I know you have work tomorrow, so I'm going to try to make my way back tomorrow. And I told her where I'd be sleeping and, you know, Santa Monica pier has those big cement, um, they're like the cement K rails that are really fat that guide you out onto the pier. And I said, I'll be sleeping on those. So I laid down there and went to bed and that guy, Aaron, God bless him. He showed up at, you know, three in the morning again, he drove all the way down to Santa Monica, picked me up and brought me home and Nancy wasn't happy. And then, 
you know, the very next morning I got up and, you know, I told myself, I'm, you know, I'm going to take care of business. So I got up, I started, went straight to one of them to an AA meeting. And, um, and I just, I heard what I needed to hear when I was there. And, uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to take some suggestions. Obviously my best thinking in life hasn't really panned out for me. Like I've been really lucky and I've been able to, you know, I'm personable enough to where I forged some, some good relationships. And so I have those people barely hanging on by a thread, but as far as my life goes, it's falling apart. So let me see what these people have to offer. So I took some advice for the first time in my life and, uh, you know, I did what they suggested. I started going to those meetings and they had me go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And, you know, fuck, that seemed impossible, you know? And, uh, and I had never, you know, since, like I said earlier, from the time I was 12 to the time I was 29, I've never put one thing sober together. So it was all brand new to me. So I had to have a bunch of these old fucking drunks, you know, kind of show me how to live my life again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's just what I did, you know, before I knew it, you know, I, you know, the very, the second or third meeting I went to out here, I ran into this guy named Dave and, uh, I told him my story and, uh, I needed a sponsor. So I got a sponsor and that was him. And he gave me a fucking job doing heating and air, like, you know, 16 days sober. And I, and I went to work with him and then, uh, you know, I, and by no mean, by no stretch of the imagination, but did my life get any better in that first year? It was fucking hell. You right. know, I was still, I was still, you know, yeah, I just took, just because I take away the drugs and alcohol doesn't mean <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, you're I'm, not a complete human yet. My coping mechanism. In fact, I was even worse. I was still like kicking down doors in my house and, putting my hands through the walls and well it's like they say it's like they say you're you can be dry or you can be sober and you were just totally totally did you know you you were dry free of booze and alcohol but like it's your head and how you act and how you treated life that got you there right exactly that's what you need to fix exactly and they you know in, in in treatment they like make you even if you don't get up at six they make you get up every day at six in the morning and make your bed. Yeah. Even if you're gonna, I'm like, even if you're gonna lay back down in it. Yeah. And I'm like, right. I'm fucking getting up. So why do I gotta make my bed <laughs> every day to make me make my bed? And I'm like, and I didn't realize it until later on, you know, like years later. I'm like, huh, those dudes were just teaching me like the most rudimentary fucking parts of like just living a normal life. Right. Like, yeah. You, yeah. Make your, you just get up and make your bed, like you know. At least yeah. if you didn't do one thing else, you made, you did that today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How right. did you reconcile like the religious part of being sober with AA? That's a really good question. With being a fucking atheist punk rock. Right. I mean, you know, we're all punks and I read, <laughs> I read Noah Levine's book many, many years ago, the Dharma punks. And yes, that spoke yeah. to me like a lot, you know what I mean? Cause that helped me, um, kind of reconcile the religious part of my existence in punk rock you know what i mean For like sure. as weird as it is like it's you know all, the religion part was an addiction that you know what i mean it, it was odd you know but uh, noah levine's book like that dharma punk's book really fucking there. helped me get some uh oh. techniques to realize that it's not all about like the imaginary figure in the fucking sky. And it really is about you having to figure out how to do it yourself, you know? Absolutely. And and it's funny you bring up his book because 
I left that rehab with a, with, we used to go to his temple. One of the places they took us was to his temple because a lot of people that think like us, they reject these treatment programs because they hear God and it scares them away. And it's really just a euphemism, you know? So I left that treatment center with a, with a Dharma punks hoodie and it, and it, the back said, uh, meditate and destroy. So right. that was, that was kind of what took me off was the whole, what started me on it was the whole Buddhist kick, you know, and it, you know, there's a lot of old timers and a lot of these hardcore, you know, evangelical types in those rooms, but you know, that's just not for everyone. And I know people with long, long amounts of clean time that, that, um, that are still atheists. But for me, it started with the Buddhist thing. And then, you know, that was too much work for me. So I yeah. had to come up. With, I had yeah. to come up with. I had to come up with something else. You're like, I ain't got time for this shit. Hey, yeah, hey, this hey. Yeah. I gotta bro. clear. I gotta clear my mind. What the fuck does this yeah. mean? God damn it! I need well, fucking, I need instant gratification, bro. I need well, that then, and that's it. You know, for years I lived with the 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 mantra that my anger keeps me sharp. My for fucking sure. my unsettlement. My fucking my absolute uncomfort in this world keeps me sharp and it keeps me aware. So why would I want to find Nirvana? Fuck that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that's it, like how yeah, I yeah. felt for many, many years. <laughs> and now I can understand the difference. You know what I mean? Between just being like yeah. not a psycho and a fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I found, I've obviously I see there's a real fucking difference, but that shit for me, like finding, you know, the Buddhist thing, which is, honestly it's the closest thing to real you know that you're going to find but it is a lot of fucking work and then for someone to tell you that you're supposed to you know i mean all the whole thing the teachings and this and that it seems un unfucking re- you know there's like two guys that have done it you know what I, I mean, mean all of it yeah. all of it seems a little much it's just do what the fuck you can do you know what i mean right exactly and i, I think that's part of the you know part of the human condition is you know we have this you know this like we all want to feel connected somehow to something, you know, and there's like this, this urge to find some kind of like spiritual quest, you know, like, cause all, I'm, I'm afraid to die cause I don't want to go to sleep forever, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm hoping I live my life in such a way that, you know, I'm satisfied when I do finally lay down to take the big sleep. But, you know, for me to get past the, the, the notion of God and the program was, you know, I, I, I did the Buddhist thing and I, and I still practice meditation to the, at a very primitive level, even still to this day. But I took just the energy of my family, like my wife and my children and my, and my folks and all the people that care about me, that energy that connects us, that love. And that was my higher power. You know what I mean? It's not Jesus or Buddha or Allah or, yeah. or any of that fucking shit. You know what I'm saying? It's just the energy that connected me to the people that I cared about. That's what, that's what I took. And it worked for me. And then, and then some time went by and I started, you know, I was out in nature one day and I kind of had what they call like a fucking spiritual awakening. And okay, I'm just looking dog. at the tree. Fuck yeah. Huh? Fuck yeah. Hey, send me into the I woods mean, with some mushrooms, brother. I'm going to have it. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking I'm pretty sure I had one in the van. I'm, I'm pretty sure I had one in the van that night before the oil <laughs> camp, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah. When, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, you're, exactly. when you're two exactly. egg McMuffins down and you blow an oil pan in a minivan, dude, you yeah. fucking, on acid, you have a spiritual awakening. Dodge, yeah, 1995 yeah. Dodge it's, Caravan. It's like the Konami code yeah, of spiritual yeah. awakenings. So, so then I, I took that, you know, that energy, because that's undeniable. There is that energy. We all love our families, you know. And then I was looking around one day. And look, just looking, I was tripping on how many blades of grass there were out in front of me. And then I was tripping on the trees and I was tripping on the sky. And I was like, you know, maybe it's just the whole universe. Maybe it's all my family. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe we're all just connected because we all just want to love and be loved. I mean, you know, this is kind of getting heavy. You yeah, know? good. But, hey, so that's what the podcast, that, baby. That yeah, man. So that was my get down from there on out. And still to this day, you know, it's, it's for me, it's the universe. They talk about, you know, AA is a trip because they're like, oh, you know, this isn't a religious program. But then at the end of the fucking meeting, they want you to hold hands and say the Lord's fucking prayer. And it's right. like, what the fuck? You know, you, you yeah. know what I mean? But they talk about just a power greater than yourself. And what's more great than me than, than the universe, you know? So right. I was able to kind of conceptualize it in that way. And it, you know, it's, it's worked for me, you know, and, and that, you know, what's worked for me might not work for the other dope fiend, but you know, it's not up to me to fix him, you know? So right. how many you years know, sober then, are you right now, brother? I'm, I'm coming up on eight. So I'll have eight in about three or four months. I'm so fucking proud of so, you, man. Absolutely. I'm so stoked for you, bro. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, you were, you were literally one of the kids that I thought this isn't going to end well, man. You know what I mean? And oh, I'm, for you to I'm defy all those odds, man. you should have seen his group of friends. He was fucking, he was actually one of the more better off ones. I know, but you know, I only know him as the little kid that I grew up with, you know? You know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, I somehow, I, you know, with the, the reason I'm here and doing what I'm doing was, was, was with a lot, a lot of luck, yeah. you know, and, well, and people pushing for you and you know love, I mean? yeah, love too. Like you were saying, love, man. I like that. And love, man. Love. And there's a lot of people with the affliction like me that, that aren't as fortunate, man. In fact, you know, some of the statistics are like 90% of, of all people who, you know, who have addiction issues, you know, they die. So I'm, I'm really fortunate, you know, and it's still just for me, even still today, I mean, I put together some, you know, some days, you know, and they add up to years after a while, but you know, it's, it's, it, it does become a part of who you are after a certain amount of time, but there's rough times, man, where I just have to just fucking not get loaded just today, Yeah, you, right. know? you know, so yeah. it's, you know, it's up and down, but you know, as far as like, you know, doing what I should be doing and stuff. I've, I've managed, I've met, you know, I, there's, you know, the material stuff isn't really that important, you know, but I've managed to acquire a lot of it. And I, I really do have a, a seriously, like a very, very fulfilling life full of right. a lot of love. Today. I saw that beautiful and, you know, new fucking truck you posted the other day. Is that yours? Oh, that's Nancy's truck. That's, oh, that's Nancy's. Woo! Yeah. yeah. That made me jealous. She's had that truck from- She's had that truck since we got married, man. Oh, really? Okay. Before we were married, she's had it for years, yeah. yeah. I just wash it for her. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's beautiful, man. Well, it's, I mean, it's yeah, so it's amazing. Like, I mean, because, you know, coming from where we came from, dude, like, you know, I, I just, there's so many fucking moments in our lives, you know what I mean, that I think back to and I think, how the fuck, like, how did we even make it out of life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even with moms that loved us and, you know what I mean, I had no dad, you had no fucking dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to get over those hurdles and to be able to continue to be, you know, in your own life, have children and, and just know that that's, this is not what you want to be. You don't want to be, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I know you're, you know, you, you were in contact with your dad, just like I was, you know, he was kind of a fucking fair weather father is what I, yeah. I call it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I've I've gotten to be have, have a great relationship with my father over the last fucking ten years, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's um, great. You know, but I I just think like so many times back when we were fucking kids, just staring at each other, looking at our parents, going like, "What the fuck?" You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, and it's like you don't know how how the fuck you made it. And on, honestly, we didn't make it easier. You know what I mean? We didn't make it any. No, we didn't. We didn't. My make sisters it didn't. You know, I mean, I know you were kind of an only child for a while there, but, you know. Um, yeah, I was. I had only child this until 13 or so, you know, around there. Right. But, uh, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of luck. I mean, even just just the the the, the story that, that John was telling earlier about that van that night. I mean, that, you know, our whole childhoods, I mean, it was night after night after night of, stuff like that, that. and yeah. we're lucky to make it out of that one night you yeah. know without getting rolled by the yeah, police we, or rolling that van down a hill or something you know we did i mean thinking about if you think about all the parties and like the constant chaos of like the late 90s and early 2000s shows the fact yeah, that man. like you know what i mean the fact like and it would be hundreds and hundreds of people yeah. where, like, nothing would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, stuff would happen, but, like, no one, like, you know what I mean? Like, very, there was very few uh, major instances of, like, oh, shit, life-altering things that could have easily yeah. happened. Right. You know? Like, could there's so many, at any time. so yeah. many moments where shit could have gone wrong, and, it, and we, yeah. we made it. Yeah. Yep. I did. I remember like we were living in Lancaster. Rosie had, you know, it was in the middle of fucking cancer treatments and you're fresh out of fucking rehab. You know what I mean? And you yeah. come with me to a fucking show basically at a bar. You know, it was a pizza place, you know, some benefit that some kid that I barely know had thrown. It was a uh, Scott, that Scott dude had thrown a benefit. You know what I mean? And I'm such a moron that I'm like drinking a beer in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. You know. But I'm also going through my own insane trauma. You know what I mean? From For like sure, trying to get my wife through cancer treatment and shit. You know what I mean? It's like that. I No one, you know, you don't forget that type of shit, brother. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, for man. you to show up for me in the that time, you know what I mean? Like it may it may it means so much, you know what I mean? And for you to sit through it, and obviously Nancy was there as an absolute fucking bulldog to make sure to slap any beer yeah. out of your hand. Yeah. Right, man. I mean it's we've we've all been yeah. through these moments for each other and Shimer, obviously. You know, in those times when we moved out to Lancaster, you guys were like some of the only people that came out to visit us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just fucking that. But that's what 
punk rock does. That's what like punk rock communities build is that type of fucking mentality. You know what I mean? Um, it connects us all. You know, all it really does. Already. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it, man. One of the gnarliest moments where my life flashed before my eyes, you know, of all time was when you had that fucking unicycle back in the day. And I fucking <laughs> took eating shit on that fucking thing all day one day, dude. Yeah. I used to, I used to, Shimer, I used to be able to ride a unicycle like pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Really good. Oh, you were fucking good at it. You still can write it, and we're gonna find out soon. Please, yeah, we'll post some videos, dude. I guarantee, I guarantee, hey, can anybody you donate, I can ride that still. Can anybody listening or watching please donate us a <laughs> unicycle? Uh, yeah. We will film it, and uh, we will Facetime with you as it happens. I had like a couple fantasies when I was a child, and it was to be in the Harlem Globetrotters. Which obviously yeah. isn't gonna happen, or also to what be in the, the circus. Fuck the I don't know, man. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I really like that type of shit. But riding a unicycle is one of my fucking talents, dude. Talk I can about rebelling against the white trashness as much as he <laughs> comes in. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I remember Adamo was broke his ass on that thing. Oh, dude, you definitely shredded me up on the unicycle, dude. I could well, make it. And you, you when when you go down on a unicycle, man, it's fucking hard there's every only, time. There's only one way to go down on a unicycle, and it's hard. You yeah, know what I mean? Hard. <laughs> yeah, a skateboard you can kind of roll out of. It. Obviously, you were a fucking great skater, dude. Like you, as like a twelve year old, were ripping ass. Like I remember when you came to Anacapa, you were like already one of the better skaters at sixth grade or whatever. And everyone's like, "What the fuck, dude? Yeah. This kid with like this giant mohawk." It's fucking ripping everyone's ass on the skateboard. Yeah. But guess well, what, bro? From, I got that... you on a unicycle. I got you. You got me, dude. You yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it was ridiculous, man. I don't know. Kid, being a kid is... I, I, I wanted to be a Harlem Globetrotter or I wanted to be able to fucking... Uh, be Harlem Globetrotter. I want to know what you were rebelling against at that moment. Like, what was the <laughs> thing that happened in your life where you're like... I'm going to be a fucking Harlem Globetrotter. You know what it was? Here's exactly what it was. I was really good at basketball tricks. I was very good at tricks, like rolling and spinning and fucking, you know, doing the tricks. Not good at basketball. Not good at basketball at all. That's what it was. I found my niche. You know what I mean? Just like punk rock. I found my niche real quick. I could do all the tricks. You know, I could roll a ball across my arms and across my back. And I could fucking do a nice little layup, but nice. I'm, I'm not seven foot tall black guy like at all. It's not, gonna <laughs> <close>. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen, man. So We're I figured Harlem Globetrotter might be realistic expectations is the underlying theme here. That's right. You know, you got to, you know, you got to know where you're valuable. That's right. Anyway, expectations are just premeditated resentments. Perfect, man. That's beautiful. Well, fuck, man. Um, dude, it's been so awesome having you on. We'll have to have you on. You know what I, I want to do is get our moms on here and like I was us. thinking that when you dude. I was thinking that. I was thinking Dude. that'd be a great idea. Uh, I call in sick that week. No, please come in because you need to hear some of the chaos that's happening. 
Yeah. It's fucking we're, nuts, dude. Yeah, we should we should do a mom's to, episode. I think you know. We're gonna have to take a back seat on that one, man. Because we're gonna <laughs> yeah. Gonna the yeah, every one and of their stories the is fire. like as much as like Lancaster was insane in the '90s and the 2000s. Guess what was going on in the 80s, dude? Oh, oh no, God, it was fucking yeah. And my mom and his mom were fucking in the mix yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, the fucking 80s. Yeah. I mean, the 70s and 80s was fucking my dad. But I mean, like the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I was. In, I remember going to fucking like crazy Hell's Angels and Vagos parties when I was a fucking kid. Yeah. Dude, my mom, my mom's told me stories about going to hundred kegger parties in the desert. Yeah, where they had I literally a hundred kegs. I remember one party. I remember one party when I was like, I, I remember going to a lot of get out of prison parties. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. one party, this one party, uh, they had a hot air basket with no hot air balloon, and they were just fucking shooting the flame, <laughs> like you know, fifty feet into the fucking air. That's the most Why desert not? shit. Out on, like, out on like 80th Street East and like fucking Avenue E. Not you know, that far out. In, like, 19, in, like, no, in 1986, that right. was fucking far out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, that's so. beautiful, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Right, Fuck, man. Thanks for coming on. I love you, brother. Um, we're going to stop too, recording. We're going to stop recording. We're gonna stop recording and then we're gonna talk after. I know, right? For sure. Okay. okay. So, All right. Hey, thanks, thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Thanks for Anytime. coming on.